Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Coming to you live from Blastoff Studios in Times Square, this is Good Morning New York. Uh, it is Tuesday, September 22nd, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody, and nice to have you back with us. Uh, we have a featured guest today. We're going to talk about the Mexican Caribbean, uh, but first let's get into some uh, news items. China has emerged as a major player in American real estate, so it is fitting that the Real Deal's U.S. real estate showcase and forum in Shanghai was the largest U.S.-focused real estate event ever held in that country. The industry's leading developers, brokers, and foreign investment experts gathered to mingle, educate, and learn from their Chinese counterparts in an event that brought in around 4,500 attendees. The event featured 10 panels over two days, encompassing everything from how to invest in U.S. real estate to a star-studded developer panel, to panels on EB-5 investment and investment opportunities in New York, Miami, and Los Angeles. Of course, all panels were simultaneously translated into Mandarin. Academy Award-nominated actress and 1980s superstar Kathleen Turner is leaving the Upper West Side uh, apartment after selling her condo at 200 Riverside Boulevard for $3.8 million. This according to property records filed with the city last Wednesday. Turner purchased the three-bedroom, three-and-a-half-bathroom pad in 2003 for an undisclosed amount located on the 39th floor of the 46-story building between West 69th and West 70th Street in Lincoln Square. Turner is set to direct and star in a new off-Broadway production of Would You Still Love Me If, opening next month. And New York Rangers center Derek Brassard scooped up a condominium unit at 1 York Street in Tribeca for $4.1 million, according to property records filed with the city last Tuesday. The 1,670-square-foot apartment features two bedrooms and two and a half bathrooms. Brassard, a French-Canadian, signed on for a $25 million five-year extension with the Rangers last year. The high high holidays last week meant low sales volume for the Manhattan luxury market with only 17 new contracts signed in the last week for properties costing $4 million and above, according to Olshan Realty. Total asking price volume was $147.9 million, a bump from last week's figure of $114 million on 16 new contracts. The median asking price was $6.6 million. The average discount on luxury units sold this week was 7% with average days spent on the market at 343. Wow. The first new subway station in New York City in 25 years opened last week, finally, after transit and city officials took an inaugural ride. The Hudson Yards 7 train station at West 34th Street and 11th Avenue opened to the public. Very good news indeed. Interesting story. Marketing agreements between mortgage lenders and real estate brokerages have been commonplace for years, but federal regulators are cracking down on some of these arrangements as violations of anti-kickback laws, and two major lenders have taken steps to end the practice. In July, Wells Fargo and Prospect Mortgage announced they, they were doing away with what are known as marketing services agreements, or MSAs, with real estate firms, builders, and other referral partners citing uncertainty about regulatory tolerance for these agreements. 
As most people already know, Pope Francis is coming to New York City. The pontiff uh, will arrive in New York on Thursday and will have a full schedule of events across the city on Friday, including afternoon mass at Madison Square Garden. The MTA uh, says access to the Pope's events is strictly limited to ticket holders, and those without tickets are advised to avoid the locations the Pope is visiting. People who can avoid traveling into Manhattan on those days should do so, since many street closures near those locations will result in traffic congestion and pedestrian diversions. The MTA is advising. We are in gridlock all of this week. So good morning to <laughs> my two panelists here <laughs> with morning. me today, Deborah Hoffman and Rachel Altschiller. Hi. Hi. Good morning. How are you? So good. Great. We are a little <laughs> off schedule this morning because our featured guest is running late. New York City gridlock traffic this week oh. because of all of these events is backing everybody up. I really think that you have to add 15, 20 minutes to like every appointment now these days. Do you I've know been what? adding a half hour if I'm leaving mm-hmm. – my little avenue. Yeah, I you know? do. I do a half an hour in mm-hmm. between. I do that normally, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm getting to the point mm-hmm. where I'm wondering if a half an hour between you know appointments is even enough. Or I think getting 45 to minutes it's now turned yeah. into you to know, allocate between appointments when you're setting them up. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I yeah. think so. And yeah. and as I always say, coming down from where I live on the Upper West Side mm-hmm. to here in traffic can take me a half an hour, and that's not that far away. And, you know, and on a normal day, it's 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 15 to 20 minutes, which you think, you know, I live in the 90s, the studio's in the 50s. How far away is that? But it's it's cuckoo crazy with, mm-hmm. with traffic. So. Might as well walk everywhere. I know. I've been doing that. I walk across town today from yeah. 2nd Avenue. Yeah. Well, you know, and I've got mm-hmm. several events, you know, to, to, to deal with, you know, throughout this week. And I'm really wondering how I'm going to be getting around because they're, they're really saying that the traffic here in New York City is going to be wild and crazy. Yeah. I think the subway will be the only way. I but some of those subway lines are going to be closed as well. And he, really? the Pope, is staying on East Seventy Second Street, Twenty East Seventy Second Street. That mm-hmm. whole corridor is going to be. A I'm disaster. surprised they disclosed where he was staying. Oh, and they showed a picture of the the townhouse, and it's all blockaded with cement barriers. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be insane over wow. there. Anyway, let's move on. And and uh, Chris Gill just arrived in the studio. Good morning. Great to see you. Very good morning. Thank you very much. Great honor uh, to be here today. Uh, yeah, uh, totally. Listen, so we talked a couple of months ago, and we want to get an update. But first, just to introduce Chris, for the past six years, he has been a sales director at Riviera Maya, the largest and most exclusive residential and golf resort in Tulum, what I call the Mexican Caribbean, as many other people do. He's an experienced real estate broker with a diverse background. I'm excited to talk to Chris this morning because he's going to discuss a new project that he's working on in addition to an update on the uh, existing project. Um, and he will give us um, some insight into the developments and the new stuff that's happening down in that corridor. Everybody is always interested in sun and fun in you know the the cold weather months actually starting about now because I think your season starts around October ish. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. So oh, so we all get to go for free. Of yes. course. In <laughs> two weeks. In Mexico, we say "Mi casa es tu casa." Okay. Uh, home is yeah. your home. That's so don't right. forget that. I We're absolutely ready. love it. So give us an update. First of all, let's talk about you know the the first project when you were here a couple of months ago, um, Riviera Meyer. What what's what's happening with that? Where are you in the sales of that development? Well, uh, in my last visit a few months ago, we only had two developments going on. Today, I must say, I'm very honored. We have four developments uh, up and running. Uh, Ana has been uh, something incredible. The growth in the area, which has been 
well measured. It's it's incredible. The tourism keeps arriving. There's new markets flying in. I was only reading yesterday. New direct flights are coming in, even from Memphis. Uh, started flying direct uh, into Cancun International Airport, <laughs> and this is great. Mm-hmm. Consequence of all this demand that is arriving to the destination is a new terminal coming up in Cancun, which is Terminal Four. And if we consider Terminal wonderful. Three was only just open a, a year remember, ago, I remember. I remember. So this is good for us. Can Cancun International though handle the, the the large crowds of people that are you know flocking to you know the Yucatan Peninsula these days? Because it's become a extremely popular. It is very more popular. so in the last four or five years, I think, than ever. I believe so. It's actually the top number one destination for tourism in Latin America right now. And um, going back to a comment I did a few months ago, remember we are the number one destination in the world that hosts more retirees from the United States, especially from New York, than any other country in the world. So. Well, I was going to ask you, so before we get into the specifics of the projects, the past and the current or the future, where are the where are the people coming from in America? I mean, obviously a lot of East Coasters, a lot of New York because of the weather, but where where is the, or most of, I guess you said retirees, or even just people with wanting second homes, where are they coming from? Well, mainly we, we all around really, but mainly we are seeing New York, Chicago, Texas, California, uh, as one of the top number four states uh, coming into Cancun, although we must not miss even people from Florida starting to fly, because remember, it's not just the weather, it's also the cost of life in this destination, which is simply incredible. You can live like a king at third world country cost, and this is just absolutely amazing. So so medical care together with uh, home services, it's just so easy and achievable uh, for many, many families, not only when you're on holidays, but as well when you live or decide to have a second home. For our listeners around the world, and we are a global show, I want to just um, ask a, a question about the medical care. So how does that compare to the U.S.? I mean, what what is your medical programs like? What are your programs like in, in Mexico? Well, basically, uh, especially in the area where we are located, which is Playa del Carmen, Tulum, as well as Cancun, uh, the best hospital are international private hospitals. Uh, they bring uh, doctors from the United States, from Spain, from many other places around the world. And the beauty about this is that medical insurance, which is the one that takes care of any cost at the time of having a necessity to attend to the doctor, basically you're looking into $1,000 a year and that will cover your wife and yourself. Uh, so $1,000 a year per person and that will cover, well, actually family plan. That is a family wow. plan, yes. Wow. That's unbelievable. That's what we wow. pay a month. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. And that includes wow. dental care as well. So, you oh know, my, it's whoa. it's an absolutely complete package wow. and it's so inexpensive. Well, I, I, I yeah, I, I point this out because, you know, we here in in uh, the United States with, with healthcare and it's always such a tremendous, you know, argument back and forth, but we spend a lot of money per month per year in healthcare. But let's move on to, you know, to the housing situation down there. So obviously we talked about last time, it's a great location uh, in between South America and North America, sort of. Um, and it's, as you say now, the number one destination spot in, in all of Latin America. So, you know, tell us why people are really um, dedicated to that region and ha- are, you know, flocking there, you know, in, in numbers, you know, that are greater from year to year. I mean, I went there for the first time, I think it was six years ago, five or six years ago, and I continue to go back every year, the same time every year. I love Tulum, as I've talked about many times here. Uh, but, you know, and I know why I go, but tell us and, you know, why or how you're selling so many houses and condos, uh, retirement homes, second homes. What are people looking for and what are they finding in the Yucatan? Okay, I, I may have two answers to that question. You can have One three. of them is the beauty of the destinations. Uh, 
One of the things that, as you mentioned, Cancun International Airport or the actual destination offers accessibility. So basically, there's six daily flights from New York every single day from New York or from JFK. So you can literally just jump on a plane any moment and just go straight and three hours afterwards, you're in paradise. Accessibility is important, weather is important, gastronomy, uh, history, culture is important. So the actual destination has a lot to offer, okay? When we're talking about housing, which would be the second answer, well, the cost of owning a property in Mexico is simply so attractive, you can't say no. And the quality is so good. I mean, I remind you, we've been building for 30 years in the destination. And you can jump in in a one-bedroom condo starting at $159,000, which oh is my. great. Amazing. Oh Absolutely my. amazing. And this is go from. This and is there's more to it than Jones. that, too. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. So uh, basically, not only the cost of the property itself, but the maintenance of your property is just, once again, so inexpensive. So it keeps adding on. 0.1% property tax for your property means that $159,000 property costs you $159 a year in property tax. Whenever you decide to resell that property, then we jump in, into another bonus you are exempt from capital gain tax in Mexico oh. as a foreign investor. Oh. So it keeps adding up. I'm going to have to stop you. We have to take a break, but we, we, we will be back shortly. You're listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at bluerealtygroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back, and we're talking to Chris Gill, who is um, here from the Mexican-Caribbean, uh, Playa del Carmen, and Tulum. And he has a special program for 10, calling, ca 10 people calling in this morning. Go ahead. Tell us what it's about. Okay, I want for to— For the first 10 people, I should for say. For the first 10 people, and that's correct. Basically, uh, we know and we identify that the United States is such a great opportunity as well as other parts of the world. We will be offering today, especially— for Vince Rocco's show, 10 chill-out weekends. But let me explain you what 10 chill-out weekends are all about. These are three nights, four days stay, which is focused for those people interested in getting to know the destination and the opportunities we have to offer as a developer. And they chill-out weekends 
because it's a non-pressure trip. It's all about getting to discover the destination. It's all about falling in love with the destination and getting to know our properties and finding out some of the many opportunities that we have to offer and all the benefits that you have when you obtain a property, when you purchase a property in Mexico. So today, just for you guys listening, we have 10 free shows for the first 10 people interested in finding out more about this Chill Out Weekend. How do we get around this? Very simple. Contact Vince Rocco right away and we will get you into Mexico, okay? We will cover land transportation, accommodation, food and beverage, and we'll take care of you because I repeat, mi casa es su casa, my home is your home. All right, so the, the call-in number for right now is 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you call in after we get off the air, the number is 212-380-8879, 212-380-8879. Thank you for that, Chris. That's a very nice incentive. And by the way, I'm very familiar with the region. I've been down there multiple times. It's, it's paradise to me. It's heaven to me. My question to you is because there are a lot of people ask me as I'm trying to push the developments up here. There's always concern with the safety in investing in Mexico. And I know I asked you this the last time, but, you know, can you explain to us how safe it really is and why people shouldn't be concerned with investing, you know, their U.S. dollars in a, in a foreign country or in, in Mexico? Okay, that's a great question. And I like to answer it as what I am, a foreigner living in Mexico. I am not a Mexican. I was born in Britain, brought up in Spain. And honestly, the Yucatan Peninsula, besides being the ambassador of the world for peace, uh, is actually one of the safest spots in the world. Uh, I will certainly not have my seven-year-old living in a place where it wouldn't be. And the reality is... Thankfully, although the news keep bringing up this crazy news that everything is happening, we're talking about 1% of the total surface of the country, what you see in the news. And that is approximately 7,000 kilometers away from where we are. So that's approximately about 5,000 miles. So the reality is that's like being in Spain and saying that something is happening in Germany. So uh, I, I the, agree. I agree. The reality is things happen. Yes, I think things happen all around, maybe even in New York or Malaga, which is my home city. Uh, and the reality is it's completely safe. And that's one of the reasons 30 million tourists visit our destination every single year. Would they do it if it wasn't safe? I don't think so. Tell us about the developments now, what what you actually are involved in, what is available, and what the pricing uh, for this project is. Okay, perfect. Well, right now we got two major projects going on. As I said, we have four in action. In November, we definitely got a big, big no-brainer investment opportunity coming up, but we're going to keep it secret right now. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to stay tuned because in November, Vince is going to come up with an incredible opportunity. Once again, we will give away a couple of chill-out weekends because this opportunity will last no longer than probably 30 days. And we're talking about 100 condominiums. To give you an idea, my latest project sold 48 condominiums in just four days. This oh. is great because it's offering more than 20% appreciation. There are two-step investments. It's all about jumping in early on the early stage of the construction. People are getting 20% appreciation within the construction period, which is no longer than a year. And then you have the second step of the investment, which is a high rental return. Right now, we are covering the city of Playa del Carmen for those people seeking to be close to the Fifth Avenue, to the action, to the vibe of the city. And we have a beautiful condo called Ana Downtown. Mm -hmm. Once again, all the information is with Vince. 
uh, and Blue Rail Tea. Are buyers buying from floor plans or are they actually walking the space? We have both options, but mainly they're buying for floor plans because they mm. see it as a second home or future retirement home, but they want to make money. And that's obvious, don't we all? So uh, when you buy in early stages of construction, obviously you're buying at a lower price. Uh, when it's delivered, then appreciation happens. And, and that's what happened. And most people are buying over plans uh, while the construction is going. Okay. In fact, part of the chill out weekend is people staying in my own condominiums, which we finish as an active community. So they get to live the experience. So Anna downtown is in the city center right now, 42 condos, only 10 left right now. They are sold fully furnished, starting point $185,000. I repeat, fully <laughs> furnished. Okay. Unbelievable. And talk a little bit about the rental opportunity and the programs that are in place, too. Once you purchase these very inexpensive condominium homes for yourself, fully furnished, as Chris said, they then have a program where they will help you rent those out weekly, daily, annually, whatever. Well, that's the beauty about getting to know Anna when you come through one of the chill-out weekends once again. And that's why, because we are builders, we are hotel operators, we own our own hotels in the area, mm -hmm. as well as being the developer. So basically, we fuse in all sister companies to provide a full turnkey process. We do the traditional rental vacation program, which is basically renting it out like a travel agency. But we also have a guaranteed return scheme for those people seeking for a a stress-free process on the rental and they have a guaranteed income and we just do our best to improve it every year. So so things are happening very well. Playa del Carmen is amazing for the high rental returns and Tulum, which is a not Tulum, uh, the project we have inside the Robert Train Jones Gated Community, beautiful 27-hole golf course, the third best in Mexico, uh, is very good for appreciation because it's a brand new destination. As you know, Tulum as a municipality is only four years old. Uh, but also on the rental market is picking up very fast. Interesting. Only four years old as a municipality, but Tulum has been there for forever and ever and ever. Undiscovered probably, you know, more the better word and just amazing, sensational. So this new project coming out in November, the announcement, and we will keep it secret, but <laughs> I is that going to be in Tulum or is that going to be – uh, in Playa. It's going to be in Tulum. I think the future, the path of progress is going south in that destination. So 40 years ago was Cancun, 15 years, 16 was Playa. Today is Tulum. So if we didn't bet on Tulum, we would do it wrong. Tulum is a great opportunity for developers and for investors and for retirees. And it will be inside the same resort of Robin Trent Jones. Remember, this resort is unique because it allows you to obtain the best of both worlds. That is private owned Ownership, but also four or five star hotel services included on your ownership that allows you to, to enjoy uh, five star services in your own property or inside the resort. To give you one example, and you give me the time, Vince, I want everybody to listen today, close your eyes and imagine you're in beautiful part of paradise, stretching your arms, just waking up in your condo overlooking a golf course and say, I don't want to do anything today. <laughs> For $58, you have an all-inclusive package as an owner. That is breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, ice creams, everything included all day. What? $58, yes. And that is great for you as an owner. That is great for you because that's a real stress-free holiday on your second home. But as a renter, is even more amazing because it's a perfect That's the cost mark. of my coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's wild. When you think about the comparisons, yes. it's wild. It Absolutely. is wild. And when you rent out your property for the first time in history in that destination, you're able to rent out a rental vacation property, which is a condo, one, two bedroom, mm -hmm. but with all inclusive services, just like a hotel. That makes your property unique and different to others.
You know, you, you said in a minute ago that Cancun uh, is 40 years old. I can't get over that. I mean, it's almost like yesterday. I remember hearing for the first time Cancun, <clears throat> Cancun, and what is this all about? And I probably went there 30 years ago or 25 years ago for the first time. And I thought, you know, wow. I mean, it doesn't get any more beautiful than that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. wow, 40 years ago. Some of the concerns, you know, as as I go to Tulum every year as a tourist and as someone who loves it and w- where I can see myself, you know, having a second home, you know, hopefully someday, maybe even retirement. But I know the concern with people in Tulum, not necessarily in Playa because it's more of a, a, a bigger city and there's more going on, the Fifth Avenue of Mexico, as you say, uh, all the top brand stores. But in Tulum, it's been always kind of hippy-dippy. It's always been kind of, you know, more quiet. It's been more tucked away. People there are concerned, I guess, that all of that's going to go away with all of the new developments coming into that area. It's not that they're not interested in progress, but they're concerned, especially closer to the beach, you know, in the beach roads over that way, uh, you know, on the, I guess, the left side of the jungle, if you're looking that way. So I'm thinking, is there truth to that? Is there reason, should there be reason for them to fear all of that nice stuff going away? There's no need to fear. Uh, the reality is one of the beauties about Tulum is that it's ruled by the Mayan culture. The Mayan culture is very protective right. with nature. Uh, and to give you an example, as developers, we have to purchase a piece of land to create a development. We are only allowed to uh, cover 40% of the total surface of the land. And we are obliged to leave 60% as green areas. Oh, like Growth like uh, yeah. there is actually no longer like Playa or Cancun allowed to be vertical. It can only be horizontal. And you're only maximized to 36 feet high buildings with no more than three stories. All these kind of rules and regulations are allowing Tulum, although there is a progress and it's inedible, it has to happen. People discover paradise, they want to go back again. Uh, The reality is it's being well kept. And although we will grow, if we continue with these specific rules and it does not change, there's no need to fear. So far, so good. The hotel zone, which is a beach, is completely protected. Mm-hmm. In fact, we are not allowed to build concrete in that area. There's no natural electricity. Although it could be easy to get there, most of the resorts or small hotels, because there are boutique hotels, cabana right. hotels, do not get natural energy from the government. It's they have to so get wonderful. solar and wind power. Mm-hmm. And the government could do it easily, but they don't want to do it because it's a way, once again, to slow down that growth and keep everything the way people expect it to be. Yeah, but that's, I think, you know, correctly said, because that's what I think the fear is to bring in all that new stuff, all that. I mean, you know, I've stayed there, like I said, many times and, you know, there's air conditioning and there's not. And it's all, you know, powered by, you know, solar. It's not brought in from, you know, the, the town or whatever. Interesting, though, even when you go into the town of the village, I mean, it's just so beautiful and it's just a throwback, you know, to the 1950s and 40s. It's old world Mexico and it is the most charming, the most unbelievable place in that whole area. I just love, you know, that 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 neighborhood. Uh, we have a couple of minutes left. So um, tell us one more time about the um, the chill weekends and we'll give the call in numbers one more time for either here or off show. Perfect. So basically, if you're interested in getting to know more of the opportunities we have to offer and get to know more of the destination and 
and all it has to offer for three nights, four days stay. We will cover full speech with an international certified lawyer in real estate that will explain you the buying process in Mexico in no more than 45 minutes. But it's important we understand how you have to buy property in Mexico as well as all the benefits like avoiding capital gain tax, uh, being exempted is the right word, as well as property tax, rental vacation market, how much do I have to pay taxes? And basically it's a full information. After that, we get to know the properties and then we get to know the destination. It's not about only what you're purchasing, it's what's around it and what's the energy around it. And that's why we take you to the best beaches, hospitals, shopping malls, making sure that all your basic needs as an owner are covered and you understand where you have to go and, and how good it is. And the reality, it's amazing. All right, we're talking to Chris Gill. The call-in number right now for the rest of the show is one 472 5788 And if you call in after the show, the number is 212 380 Chris Gill from the Mexican Caribbean. We're talking about Playa del Carmen and Tulum in the Yucatan Peninsula. Chris will be back either in studio with us like today or on the phone lines in November to announce his top secret project coming up in Tulum. But I'm going to hear all about it at 10 o'clock today. You will. All right, we'll go on a break and uh, we'll talk soon. Uh, we'll be right back soon. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back, and we're talking to Rachel Altschuler and Deborah Hoffman. Uh, our uh, panelists for today. Thanks once again to Chris Gill from uh, Playa del Carmen and Tulum in Mexico. And again, the call-in numbers uh, I will give you at the end of the show if you want to call in uh, to get a free chill-out weekend. So, guys, question for you as we have come into you know September more and more out from the back from the summer rather. How um, has activity been in your businesses? specifically open houses. Um, I have not had open house in a couple of weeks because fortunately we've sold our listings, but uh, so I'm not so sure how the activity has been. I sense it's been busy from what I my agents are telling me, but I'm not. It's like Manhattan has a chill out month. <laughs> 
It's almost like the Tulum chill-out factor. Um, we'll take it. Yeah, summer is still officially going on, I feel, until September 20th is officially. What's today's date? The today's the 20th. So it's officially fall. Mm-hmm. So oh, right. that's right. It turned fall yesterday. Happy autumn. Happy fall. Still, yeah. Happy so it, with the Jewish holidays yeah. and um, the mentality of bringing your kids back to school and just the whole people are recharging and reassessing their lives. And I think people need a few weeks to get back into it. That being said, I think my open houses have been um, pretty busy if it's priced correctly. Um, our townhouse... We already have an offer, so we haven't had a lot of inquiries, but we have a serious buyer who's ready to go, and that's all it takes is one. So That's all mm. it takes is one. Yep. But, you know, to tailgate on this, what's so interesting is I was out with a buyer on Sunday. We saw 10 properties, which I was so surprised I could find 10 in her category. Shocking. It was, well, actually, well, it is shocking, but what's interesting is three of them were new on the market within six days. So, and the open houses were... Not really crowded, crowded. And as you just said, Rachel, it all comes down to price. Because as I said, we saw 10 apartments. And one of them going in, I kind of briefed my client. I said, I know this building. This is going to be a beautiful apartment. Not much light, but I'm looking at this price, and it's overpriced. I was going to say to be, be clear. There's no one there. Be clear to the listening audience when you mm-hmm. say price, it's not the price range that you're with a buyer. It's the price of the apartment, whether it's too correct. high or correct That's or right. too what low. it's worth. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, so you knew going going in on that yes. particular situation that it was going to be overpriced. And we were there. The open house was about an hour and a half long. We were there after an hour, and on the sign-in sheet, there was only one other person signed in before us. Whereas in previous apartments we had seen that day, even some that were brand new on the market, you saw between six and eight people, which is still lower than I think what we've been seeing. And th- these were large one-bedrooms on the Upper East Side. Interesting. That's why I like using the iPad yeah. for the open house register. Oh, absolutely. Because nobody can see how many have been there before you. <clears throat> That's true. That's a very good point. I want to talk mm-hmm. about that app with you later, though. <laughs> it really is brilliant. I yeah. love it. I yeah. do. Yes I and no. It. Because what one of them does is is after you sign in, while you're still in the apartment, it sends you an email saying, thank you for coming to my open house. What did you think of it? And you're still there. Can you turn that off, though? Because I have an app that doesn't do that. No. I can't remember the name yes, of mine. Yes, there are different ones. There's yeah, one do There's yeah. one a number of brokers from a specific company mm. had. Oh, really? And it was doing that. And these are brokers I respect and trust. And I don't think they realized it. They I actually don't. emailed them to tell them, you know, this does this, which is a bit obnoxious. Mm-hmm. You know, while you're still in the open house or even in the building, it's a time thing. Very interesting. So, I have to check mine, but I know the yeah. one I use doesn't do that Which because I could see that would be a little irritating. And yeah. let's move to the rental market for a little bit. The August 2015 rental reports are out, and just as you may have suspected, rental prices in Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn remain at near record levels. But we shouldn't all plan mass exoduses from the city just yet, especially not in the next few months. Rents will probably go down for winter. Why is that? I mean, obviously there are seasons, but why will rents go down in winter, and from what I hear, pretty significantly. What, what is there truth to that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like typically the spring <clears throat> and fall is is the height of this of the rental market. Winter, I find, is a very good time for renters and brokers to negotiate f- on behalf of their clients. Um, most people don't like moving in the winter. I personally do uh, because nobody else is moving. And and just the the deals that are out there, the concessions that are out there are obviously um, better in the wintertime. Um, I, I would say 
all around, though, the rental market is quite strong throughout the year. I know that people say, what's the height? And I really do find I'm busy all the time. I am a listing broker for rentals. I don't necessarily run around with renters as much, only based on referrals. But I can tell you that my listings are always assuming they're priced correctly, that the owner's realistic, Mm -hmm. that they're busy. Even Christmas, I'm signing leases and having people move in by January 1. Yeah, no, same here with mine. I I do a lot of, uh, on the rental side, more listing than than running with renters. But you know what I always find interesting, and maybe you you guys can, can clarify or help clarify for me. I always wonder... You know, in the the busy rental seasons, you know, everybody's out there clamoring for whatever. You've got to have your checkbook ready. As we talk about on the show all the time, you have to be ready to move that day. Otherwise, you snooze, you lose. But in the slower rental seasons, like in the wintertime, when even the buildings will offer some incentives, one month free, two months free, whatever, or reduced rents, why don't people who need to rent, want to rent, have to rent, why don't they wait until the slower season to do so? Is it really Mm -hmm. based on coming out of school and having to start by a certain time? Is it, you know, uh, I just transferred here and it's it's better, you know, in the springtime or the fall time to to find something. What's the real reason? Yeah, I'm going to let Deb talk, but I'm I'm just going to point out that a lot of landlords prefer to end the leases in the height of the market. So it's not the control of the renters per se. It's the Mm -hmm. landlords who end the lease in February to June or September to November, let's say. Strategically planned. Right, because they're Mm -hmm. not dumb. They want the higher numbers. So when a tenant is up for renewal, they stay because it costs too much to move, and then they either stay in the apartment or the apartment goes back on the market during those the height for the owners. They're the ones that have the control in the market. Yeah, And I agree. That's exactly what I was going to say, actually. No, 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 no. We're on the same page. But in addition, as Vince, what you just said is rationally, it's not just people getting out of school. Most people who are changing jobs are changing in January or they're changing during the summer. People who have families coming from other parts of the country want their children in school in a certain district Mm -hmm. by the fall. That's how they're programmed from every place else in the country, especially in the public schools. So – it is the higher market. That is where the landlords want the leases to expire. But that's where you also have the majority of traffic. Now, I have someone who's a personal referral who was able to get a short-term sublet with a friend um, until December. I said, great, because then you could sign a lease for January. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it'll be better for you. We'll be able to negotiate something less. Yeah, and compared to the sales so, market where we start heating up in mid-January, early February for the spring season as we start you know, in those time frames. So it's interesting how the rental market is is vastly different. Continuing in the rental uh, conversation, if you aren't lucky enough to make 40 or 45 times your monthly rent, which is a requirement here in New York City to rent an apartment, you need to earn 40 or 45 times the monthly rent to qualify. You might have trouble qualifying for an apartment when you can't actually uh, pay that rent. So most folks get around this by finding a guarantor to co-sign the lease and agree to pay the rent if you don't, or they will pay the entire year up front if allowed. These guarantors are generally required to have a credit score of at least 700 and an annual income of 80 times. So if you're on your own, you're 40 to 45 times a guarantor 80 times the monthly rent and to reside to reside anywhere in this area. So my question is, and we come up with this all the time, what happens when a renter client of yours doesn't have a guarantor, cannot pay it all up front, what do they do? Yeah, seriously. That's, well, And need to be here. Mm-hmm. I mean, because their people do need to be here. What, how, do we, how do we get them in or how do we get yeah. them around this, this 
Quagmire. Well, there was actually a company which I don't know much about. I wish Phil were here today yeah. because he knows a lot about it called Insurgent Guarantee. Mm-hmm. You pay them a fee and they act as guarantors for you, for people who are from out of the country, out of the state. Um, as I said, they do. you do have to pay a fee to them, but insurance. it is insurance. insurance. You said insurgent. Yes. Oh, did I? Yes. Insur- that was really cute. It's hot it in just, here. It, it just dawned on me. I'm like, insurance. Right. And that's why we need Phil here. Sounds like a movie. Because I've Doesn't never Maybe like we need insurgent. Does. I don't know. That's right. Yes. No, you are right, Rachel. I, it's hot in here. <laughs> but it's true. And a lot of owners don't take that, though. So it, it's a creative way. Individual landlords don't. Yeah, yeah. It's a creative way, but a lot of my owners who are savvy will not take it. Um, they are strict on credit. And, you know, roommates are really the only way that you can get around that. And if you don't want to do it, too bad. It's either that or move out of New York City. Yeah. Yeah. In addition, it's United Nations Week this week. The General Assembly is in town. absolutely. And I don't think it's going to happen this year, but in past years, I found a surge in people who work for the UN because people who actually work for the UN itself or for various countries on a uh, lower level, mm-hmm. they're really quiet this week because everything's in place. So these people are apartment hunting. And it's very difficult because most of them are from well, someplace else, and they can't necessarily either afford it or get a guarantor. But the thing that uh, upsets land- – not upsets landlords, but makes a red flag go up is do they have diplomatic immunity and are they willing to waive it, which most of them are not – because the landlords just want to get paid. Right. So as you mentioned earlier, Vince, many times they will have to pay a year of rent up front. But a lot of the lower-level UN people can't afford that, just like the rest of the regular people. I've been seeing a lot of first-time so, renters, believe yeah. it or not, paying all up front because they don't have enough established credit. Yeah. They don't have 40 or 40 times the rent. And they're, they're mostly in like a condominium. The rental buildings are still going to be a little more difficult with the multipliers. But in condominiums, believe it or not – uh, two recent examples. They'll pay all up front, you know, and so that guarantees them for the year. And I wonder what what's in the mindset of the uh, of the landlord or the owner of that condo. What happens in year two? Because you already know that they can't afford it based on the multiplier. So mm-hmm. unless they get a significant raise in pay mm-hmm. the second year, I wonder what that means. So it's mm-hmm. a very interesting marketplace. It's a very interesting market space. And and the people who come through it and try and get into apartments, and listen, I believe, as everybody else here does, that everybody should have an apartment. If you need one, want one, need to have one here in the city. But it's increasingly more difficult to rent here in New York if you don't have those qualifications. So it's interesting to me when someone says, well, I'll pay all up front. And I think, well, that's fine. I actually had a building turn that down also mm-hmm. about three or four months wow. ago. All my all my clients turn them down. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Because absolutely. first of all, they want a good relationship with the board. And like you said, year two, what happens? So because you're paying a year up front to, to me when I represent my owner, that's a flag. Mm-hmm. And my owners, I guide them accordingly. I'm willing to wait another month to get a great tenant who you're not having to evict or have any issues with liability and chasing them, especially with the corporate entity. Um, They put it into an LLC or corporation. And that's another issue that's going on right now where even condos, especially co-ops, are having issues with leases in entities. I just did quickly yeah. before we go to break. I just did a, a actually over the summer a, mm-hmm. a rent a lease in in the building that I work in all the time, <laughs> and um, she didn't have the forty or forty times the uh, the multiplier, but we got the company mm-hmm. to guarantee that if she doesn't 
pay her rent. She's here for two years on assignment from China. If the she defaults on the rent and she can't pay the rent, the company will step in and pay. And that's the only reason <coughs> that my yes. owner agreed wow. to do it because he got a guarantee in writing right. from her company. Good. All right, we have to take a break. Uh, you are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U RealtyGroup.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back, and we're talking to Deborah Hoffman and Rachel Altschuler from uh, our panel here. Doorman buildings are an essential part of New York City life. Whether we like it or not, we asked five New Yorkers, would you rather have a super chatty doorman or no doorman at all? And I bring this up because it really is a question that I ask people all the time, and people actually ask me You know, when we're out there searching, do I want a doorman, do I not want a doorman? But if you're already in a building with a doorman, would you rather have a chatty doorman or not, or just none at all? And there is really two sides to this coin. I'm interested to hear what you guys think about this. And then for, I'll tell you what me, I think. For me, personal about preference, it. none at all. Hands down. I grew up with one. Uh, I was best friends with him. I'd hang out with him till four in the morning. Love you, Will. You were great. But I did not feel safer <laughs> with, with you. Um, it, you know, and for those that, are, that need packages received that's great but but really I, I just I always tell my clients don't you want more space don't you want more amenities really the doorman is is not for me a necessity um, but a lot of my for instance recently one of my best friends called me and she said my price point is speaking about what the rental market my price point is a one bedroom for under 2300 and I won't go north of 86th street and I need to have a doorman and, but I won't I need a doorman She's mm-hmm. a single girl. Junior wants a doorman. I said, well, you're going to have to move to Brooklyn. Nope, won't go to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Well, then you got to go to Queens. Nope, won't go to Queens. And that's the conundrum. So when you're stuck on that doorman concept, it's really hard to get them out of that. Mm-hmm. But I try my best to just say it's not that important. Um, sure, if you can afford it and you want it all, go for it. But I find that the doorman, you can be lucky or unlucky with that. You never know what you're going to get unless you know the staff, unless you do your research on the staff before you move mm-hmm. into the building. See, I agree with Rachel 100%. What I do, though, is when someone says they must have a doorman, I start digging deeper. 
and I ask them, why do you need a doorman? Oh, I get so many deliveries. Well, let's check to see if the super accepts packages or if you could be best friends with your next door neighbor and get them something wonderful at Christmas. Mm. Or if it's somebody who's, let's say, under 30, chances are their parents are my age or a little bit older. And I want to know if it's the parents who are pushing it because they remember the city in the late 70s, early 80s, and they still think it's the scary place. Mm -hmm. I actually... Separate, very quick story. I was um, showing someone an apartment on the second floor at Schwab House, which is a beautiful apartment building on the west, west side. Avenue, yeah. Exactly. Second floor. And it faced, the apartment faced West End Avenue. And the mother from the suburbs who had lived on the west side for many years in the 70s and 80s said, nope, somebody could put a ladder there. No second floor, no first floor, there will be a ladder. And I had to explain how the city was different. And to your point, Rachel, about doing your research into the doorman, um, I tell the person, if you are so stuck on it, not because of a parent, not because of other incidences or anything, hang out at the building. Watch how he interacts with people and see if he's really paying attention. Come back at night. Is the nighttime doorman playing cards, absent? Think about why you want it. And also, you're looking at the street at that time. Chances are it's perfectly safe. But you have to dig into yourself to see why you want a doorman. Yeah. You know, my two cents on this is, and of course, you know, when you're, when you're meeting new buyers for the first time, uh, you know, most of them always say, I have to have, I must have a doorman. You know, I think for people who don't live in New York City, specifically in Manhattan, it's a luxury item. I mean, you know, those people who, you know, look into our lives here in the city, living in these tall buildings, everybody thinks, and of course because of television from way back, the doorman is kind of it, it glamorizes the whole life in New York. If you have a doorman, you've arrived. If you have a doorman, you live in a fancy building. If you have a doorman, you know you're cool. If you don't have a doorman and you live in a walk-up building or just a key-in building, well, that's not really cool. But that is so absolutely not true. And that sort of mentality changed years ago. When people started buying larger spaces, as mm -hmm. Rachel indicated before, downtown in Soho and in Tribeca and in some cases in the village where there aren't doormen in these buildings mm -hmm. because they're key in. You walk in, you press the elevator yourself, and you go up to your magnificent, magnificent, magnificently sized apartment. And again, you know, you need to understand what your client's you know real need is. I don't believe I've I've lived in a doorman all the years I'm living in the city. I don't find them. I find myself feeling any more safe because I'm in a doorman building. Um, in fact, sometimes I've seen delivery people just walk past the doorman because he's got his head turned or he's on mm -hmm. the phone or whatever. The doors are open all night long. I mean, mm -hmm. somebody comes in and hit him on the head and then they walk in anyway. Yep. So I'm not necessarily in favor of that, of the safety the aspect and of the it all. And the privacy issue I think we have to touch upon because – And then I was just going to say the privacy yeah, issue yeah, is yeah. a little too much after you know 30 years of dealing with doormen. Personally, it's like later with this. Do you want to tell the listening audience enough about, of this. about Facebook and your doorman? <laughs> yeah, there are some doormen in this town who are very – busy and very into everyone's lives in the building. And one of them friended me on Facebook and I thought, well, that's okay. You know, and then I thought, mm, well, I don't know about that. And then I you know? said, ah, yeah. nope. Take yeah. it off. Take it off. But, you know, the you know, the privacy aspect of just walking in and out every day, you know, hi, good morning. And sometimes you don't want to say good morning and sometimes you're stressed yeah. about something and sometimes you want to buy him a cup of coffee. I mean, it's like, it's just another thing to do in your life every day that you don't necessarily have the time for. And, you know, it's not yeah. their fault. You know, it's just yeah. our busy, crazy, hectic lives. My pro high-profile clients, high-end clients, a lot of them prefer no doorman. Um, I did a development probably eight, nine years ago at this point. Um, 
and it was called Infinity Flats. We did a virtual doorman, and I remember thinking, wow, that's so cool. Like, But who would go for that? Really? Virtual doorman? It had a package room. Okay, so something to do with your packages. That's great. Mm-hmm. And there was a camera for surveillance, and there was a remote company that announced your guests, or if somebody rang mm-hmm. you up, you're, mm-hmm. Just tell them I'm not home. Someone relayed that message to the person downstairs. It was perfect. And it's less than the cost of a shift for a doorman, mm-hmm. which is typically forty to $50,000. A virtual Absolutely. doorman is probably half of that. So it Much keeps less. the monthlies low for the condominium. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see more and more yeah. of these newer boutique buildings oh, yeah. mm-hmm. going to that. They already are. But, I mean, you're yeah. not going to yeah. see in the smaller Condos that are going up, as we're mm-hmm. calling boutiques versus these glass towers, you're going to see a lot more of that because yeah. it's much more efficient. The best of both worlds. And it's the best of all worlds, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on, the co-op board for this $399,000 studio on York Avenue between 75th Street and 76th Street is rather lenient, <laughs> allowing for co-purchasing, gifting, parents buying for children, and pied a Wow, what a co-op that is. Plus, there's an unlimited sublet, sublet policy, which makes this a good investment option. And not as big of a deal if you find yourself growing out of it quickly. And even if you want to live there for a while, you're getting a pretty decent deal. So for all of these easy, lenient rules of this co-op compared to very tough co-ops, very difficult co-ops, et cetera, how often do we find these in the city? And is this really an easy co-op board? Deborah. Yes. Miss Co-op, Deborah. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I actually sure. happen. I looked this up, and I happen to be very familiar with the She smiles building. when we bring up co-ops, by the yes. way. Totally. <laughs> the co-op Especially expert. York Avenue. <laughs> York Avenue is my baby. I love York Avenue. There I always go. have. Take it away. And, okay, this building, I think, I believe, is a condo, actually. The okay. entire building was built as these small, square studios. The entire building. Um, it's the majority of our investors – and they rent them out. And because of that, now, honestly, I have not checked in the last two years or so, but up until then, since 2007, you could not get financing in this building because there were too many renters. And So there's a reason for everything. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Absolutely. And well, they're small. They're really small. Well, for 399 Studio, I yeah. mean, you know, that it sounds tiny. I don't think I know this building between 75th and 76th. You'll walk past it a million times and not even notice it because I've sold in a building, which is, I like to say, my building, across the street. I've sold about 23 units there. And I know it well. And everybody looks at this building, which is also not so well kept from the outside. It's a six-story red brick building. Need some sweeping every once in a while. It's non-doorman, or maybe they have a part-time now, or maybe a security guard. I don't remember, which they don't need a security guard. But you walk past it, and you kind of say, what a tired-looking building. My impression on York Avenue over there, there's a lot of tired-looking buildings on that that strip over there for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. All right, listen, we're out of time. I just wanted to remind everybody about Chill Weekend, the nice uh, package that Chris Gill just offered everybody. If you call into the show, which now is too late, but you can call me after the program or any time today, 212-380-8879. That's 212-380-8879. Seven nine. That is Good Morning New York for this week. We are back next Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific Time Live. You can always catch the show later in the day on podcast or anytime on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week. 
Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. We'll be right back.